Where's Fielder? He's gone to the dog. Well, the question is, where's Fielder? And the answer for this week is that he's on the road, on the road again. Just like Willie, I'm out here in the heartland, actually in the western part of Virginia, on a bear hunt with the Freedom Hunters Organization. Uh, I've had a great three days this week in the mountains following a pack of bear hounds and uh, uh, had a great hunt. Uh, We're going to be talking a lot more about that as we go along here today. Um, I was privileged a few years ago, actually a couple years ago, to go on my first Freedom Hunters hunt out to uh, the Navajo Nation in Arizona hunting with guide Calvin Redhouse, and uh, uh, we had a a veteran there that uh, was hunting for mountain lion, and man, we had a great time, and um, I just had a, uh, gained a great deal of respect for freedom hunters, and was just so uh, excited uh, then again last year to be able to participate in a freedom hunters outdoor adventure with Chief Master Sergeant Chad McCoy. Um, on that three-day hunt, we did not harvest a bear, but Chad was able to come back in December and get a nice bear, so that was a happy ending to that. And uh, this year, uh, through my good friend Heath Hyatt, uh, there in uh, hunting in Giles County, Virginia, uh, invited Jason Wilworth, and Jason is from Chesapeake, Virginia. He's a a uh, veteran of 13 years of military service. He's uh, uh, been discharged now, but uh, we were able to take him on a three-day bear hunt, and, uh, man, it was a great hunt. And I'm not going to spoil uh, the story for you. What I'm going to do, though, is to uh, insert here in this podcast uh, three different interviews that we did during our three-day hunt Now, the weather was great for this hunt. Uh, We had uh, this group of hunters there in southwest Virginia, a very tight-knit group. They do a great job. They work very, very hard, and they produce results. Uh, These guys really are the uh, consummate uh, (laughs) conservationists. Uh, They take very few bear, very selective in the bear they take, but they do tree a lot of bear. And uh, you'll kind of hear this as we uh, go into these uh, uh, organic uh, recording sessions that I did. Now, the first session uh, was with Heath Hyatt and I on the evening before the hunt, on Sunday evening uh, before our hunt began on Monday morning. Uh, Heath and I sat down and we kind of talk about Uh, the event and what the plan is for the coming week and so forth. So uh, if you'll give a listen to this, we'll call it interview number one. Okay, here we are in the beautiful mountains of southwest Virginia with my longtime friend Heath Hyatt. How you doing, Heath? Doing good. Well, that's good to hear. Glad to have you up up from the, the lowland there. Coming out of the swamp. 
back to the mountains for some bear hunting man it's exciting always exciting time for me to get to come back up here and hunt with you and this is the eve of our three-day early bear season tell us tell us a little bit about that what's going on there yeah so i guess it's i guess we're going into our fifth year i may be wrong it could be four um virginia actually or try to decrease the population by 25 percent so they ended up opening a early season which is usually the last couple days of september could last year it was a couple days into october so we get three days to um, be able to run our dogs and you know if we choose to take one and you know we're able to do that yeah well that's uh i know back in the day uh when i hunted in west virginia we always had a november season and for a week and then we went into our regular bear season in in december and uh, i know that in the upper midwest most people hunt you know in september they think about that as being bear season wisconsin michigan and so forth but we kind of they did away with the november season back in the day when we didn't have bear populations like we do now because they through the tooth studies and all they determined that we were killing these sow bears before they had cubs. And uh, so when they did away with the early season for a good while. And then, uh, you know, as the bear populations rose, and uh, is that kind of been, you know, then they reinstated the early season. Yeah, I think, you know, I haven't been to any of the meetings or anything, but <clears throat> I try to keep up with it. I think that is some of the, the purpose of the season. And I think last year... If I remember looking at the, the statistics right, it was 40-some percent with sales that the early season, oh. which is a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things as bear hunters that we need to kind of get together on, especially here in Virginia, you know, the, the game department definitely wants to decrease the population. Uh, I don't have a solution for this, but we need to figure something out. The, the complaints and stuff are coming from the private property and the farmers, and we all know that most bear hunters – hunt on national forest we don't have the problems that the 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 farmers and the the homeowners and the landowners are having because the bear have learned that the food's down low i can go here and i'm not getting you know i'm not getting harassed i'm not hunters aren't pressuring us so a lot of the bear has migrated down to these areas and now the complaints are becoming very common and it's it's almost a nuisance so you know especially in you guys in virginia we kind of need to come up with something to to try to maybe curve this and we all know that you know a lot of your landowners don't want you hunting on them which is a problem and if you own 20 acres 50 acres 100 acres the bear don't stay there for two minutes and then you're on to the next piece of property and the next piece of property so I don't know that I have a solution. It's definitely been on my mind and thinking about it. But, yes, I think that the early season in the next couple of years, and I've said this for two years now, if we continue to kill 50% of the sales, and I'm just using that as a number because it's, it's up in the 40s, our population is going to take a hit. Um, you yeah. Know, you, the sales usually don't have cubs until they're three years old. And then once they mature, they usually have two cubs. Yeah. Do that over a 10-year period and see how many bear that you're going to be missing out on. So oh. we we need to do, uh, our, you know, our job and try to let some of those go. And 
yeah. especially if we know if it's a sale. Sure. And I think most houndsmen are prescribing to that pretty much, you know, uh, subscribing to that idea. Uh, to clarify what you said earlier, when you say 40%, now that's not to say that we're killing 40% of the sows that are out there. You're saying that 40% of the bears that are killed are, are sows. In. Yeah. So, are yeah, and like I said, I, they're, they're, it, the game department did put this out, and I'm going off memory and – you know, I'm getting old, so I may be yeah, right. beating numbers <laughs> off. But if I'm not mistaken, last year during the early kill season, so let's say the last couple couple days in October or September, it was 40 or 6 or 47% of sows were checked in. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And that's a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. half. Yeah, so. it sure is. Well, that's certainly. And I know that from hunting with this group and other groups that I've hunted with, Usually, uh, the hunters, if they can tell and they know for sure, they won't even harvest that sow at all. Uh, sometimes, if there's no cups present and so forth, it, it can be difficult to uh, determine. But, you know, that's one thing about bear hunting with hounds, especially, is that you do have that ability to take your time, decide, do we want to take this bear or not? Do we kind of estimate how big this bear is, how old it is. Is this a bear that we want to harvest or is it one we want to let go? And and I think for the last two or three years, there's been a lot of these smaller bear that we've let walk, haven't we? Yeah, I mean, I, like uh, last year, I mean, I know we caught six, we caught, we treated five bear, we treated three the first day, two the second day, and then the last day we got on the big bear and the big bear got away from us. But we didn't. We didn't even attempt to take any of the others. And we had, we had two small, two cubs, hundred eighty pounds or whatever. Mm-hmm. We treated two bear that was anywhere from one hundred twenty to one hundred fifty guesstimate, and then we had the the bigger bear, and we didn't take any of them. So yeah, well let's uh, let's talk a lot, a little bit about the dog power we got Ooh. this year. <laughs> yeah, I'm hurting. So <clears throat> sorry, guys. I've had COVID. and I still got a croup. So I'm trying not to cough in the mic. Yeah, I've so I ended up selling a three-year-old last year because I was having some issues. Really nice dog. Another three-year-old of mine has got nerve damage in her leg. She got that last September and never could get it right. She still goes, but she's a three-legged dog, and you know the mountains we hunt in. She, you know, thirty minutes into a race, she starts falling back. And then my older dog, same thing. Last day of season last year, he ended up getting nerve damage in his leg, so I lost. I've still got two of them, but they're not 100%. Um, and then I'm still running my my camp dogs. I got Spook and Kate, who, you know, two and a half years old, and they're pretty much doing my work right now. And then I've got the old blue dog, Jack. And then I've got another camp dog named Trip, who just turned a year old, and he's, I mean, he, he's doing a good job. He's going with the dogs. He's a different style of dog than my first two. He's more open on the ground. And he's a lot more tree dog. Um, so, I mean, I'm basically running three and a half or four dogs right now is what I'm doing. So, um, Well, to clarify here, there are other members uh, of the group here, and they each have hounds. And I think there's roughly, <coughs> what, about, uh, there's probably about five uh, guys, maybe, five or six yes. that have packs. Yeah, so... Uh, I mean, you're going to have Sam will be with us and Glenny. Um, Wes will be hunting with us, Forrest and Fuzzy. 
Ben has come down from New York. He'll be with us. And then us. So, yeah, I mean, we've got we've got six truckloads of dogs. Yeah. I got about two, a half a dog to take put in there. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know that I'm a has-been when I go bear hunting and drive all the way from Florida up here and don't even have a dog in the truck. But... Uh, you know that that was one thing that I've lamented for years that I wasn't able to keep that pack, that strain of dogs that my dad and I bred all those years. But given my work and the way things are, you know, I I just had to face the music and say, you know, you can't maintain a pack of bear dogs and hunt them a week or two weeks out of the year. I mean, it's hard to do it. You know, we, you know, our season comes in August first and stays in until the end of September, and then we have the month of December. So we've got three months, give or take, maybe a couple more, maybe a week or two extra in there. It's hard to do it in three months. I mean, yeah. I, I've i said it before, like, I don't have a finished dog until they're about four to five years old because of the hunting seasons. And even mm-hmm. if I travel and go to to my my friend's house up up north or, you know, go to the coast and hunt, I mean, I'm getting, you know, two or three days here and two or three days there. It's hard. It's hard right. to make a dog. Yeah, I don't think it, people that are out there on the fringes of this sport understand the the degree of work, or call it whatever you want, the time that you put in to make a bear dog and to, to get a cohesive pack of dogs that you can depend on to go bear hunting and tree bear on a consistent basis, you know. We see the populations are going up. There's more bear. When I was a young man like you, I, you know, bear were not all that plentiful. And and now, you know, they are much more plentiful. One of the things that we've been noticing, though, for the last two or three years has been in the size of the bear that we've been, been seeing in tree. And I think if I'm right, and you can correct me, uh, I mean, if I'm wrong, uh, for the last couple of seasons or all during the running season through the harvest season, there's been roughly 50 bears or so treed, you think? Yeah, and I would say, I mean, this year I would say we're probably down in the 30s. Um, my schedule, the other guys, now they've been hunting. But, yeah, I mean, 30 to 50 is probably average. Yeah, yeah. I mean, give or take. But a lot of those are the same bear, too. I mean, we're striking – in the same places, training mm-hmm. in the same area. So you know that's kind of the same. Yeah, yeah, same of bear. course. I, one thing I think that speaks to the conservation end of the the way you guys think about it, I know that one year there, if I think it was Glenn that told me or whatever, there was like 50 bears treed during that training and kill season, but there were only 10 bears harvested, and I believe they were all boars that year, all male bears. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that speaks to the conservation side. A bear hunter really doesn't want to destroy his bear. I mean, his his sport, yeah. you know, just to say I harvested a bear, does well, One he? thing about it, if you kill it, you're not going to run it again. Like, I mean, it's just not <laughs> happening. But back yeah. to the size, like this season, we were seeing, like last year, we, we seen the same thing is a lot of the bear are just small. I mean, we're running a lot of small bear, sows. Um, and I'm kind of, kind of keeping in my own mind, if, if there's a correlation, you know, we're hunting this area during this time of the year and we've been pretty much producing the same quality of animal as far as the size. I mean, we're not treating anything 
near 200 pounds. I mean, that you know, if we catch a 200-pound bear in the next three days, I'm going to be tickled to death. We've, you know, a lot of 120s, 100 pounds, 100, maybe maybe a 150 or so a time or two. But, yeah, we're not seeing the size. But now if these bear make it through this season, which our goal was to let them roll, you know, if, if they make it through this season next year, if we keep treeing small bear, then there's they're, they're just moving out of the area. They're just flipping is all that's going on. So I guess it's kind of a learning thing for me, a learning curve for me, just trying to figure out what what's going on with that right well as we've said over the years you know in in dealing with game officials and all there's no better way to study the black bear than to get in with a group of houndsmen you know they're out there doing it weekend after weekend and and see you know for yourself firsthand uh we kind of got and uh freedom hunters adventure with uh chief master sergeant chad mccoy uh, that first hunt, we didn't actually harvest a bear. We treated several bear, and we passed on them and, and then had the, the shooter bear that we wanted but just couldn't get him pinned down in that, that rough place that he choose yeah. to, chose to take us. But then Chad did come back, and he did get a bear, didn't he? Yeah, he come back the – yeah, I think it was the first week of December and yeah, um, yeah. ended up harvesting a pretty nice bear. I mean, he's close to 200 pounds and, I mean, healthy – nice coat on i mean he he was happy we were happy yeah you know chad's exactly. a super good guy like i said we still stay in contact uh you know built a relationship there that hopefully will last a lifetime right well i i'm going to meet for the first time in the morning uh when we head for the mountain we'll stop by the hotel and pick up our hunter for this year uh his name is jason is that yeah, right yeah jason um wellworth uh course he's military we've set up through anthony pace with freedom hunters and i mean he i got him checked in this evening uh talked to him for just a few minutes and he's he's excited like yeah he's, he's all right he hunts um a lot of small game he does a lot of duck hunting because he's on the coast in virginia down where the military base is and he's never got to bear hunt or participate in it so like he's he was really excited. Well, that's that's great. It's a great organization, Freedom Hunters. It is. And uh, well, uh, we're going to do these segments f- over the next two or three days, all of about about this length, about fifteen minutes or so, and we'll plug them into the podcast uh, as we can. But uh, let's uh, let's get out there tomorrow and get it done. All right, we'll give you we'll give you a play by play tomorrow evening when we get finished and get back to the truck. Yeah, hopefully we've got old Blackie on the truck and we can do some, uh, and and Jason will be smiling ear to ear with a nice trophy. That would make it so nice to take the pressure. And I, you know, somebody asked me the other day about pressure. You know, have pressure on you? Like, no, it's hunting. Like, yeah. you know, I explained to everybody, we may go up for three days and not do anything, and we may tree one, we may tree five. I don't know. I mean, that's, that's why I right. call it hunting. So, yeah. But it would be nice to be able to give him the opportunity tomorrow, and that way we could just play and have fun the next two days. Well, that's right. Well, Heath, we've always kind of depended on you to be our guru when it comes to training dogs. And I know listeners of podcasts I've been involved in have always been very, very appreciative of your contributions and uh, with your training tips and all being a, a master trainer of of police canines and and all that but we're not going to talk much about that aspect 
of things this week. We're going to talk about bear hunting with hounds, having a good time, and uh, it just doesn't get any better for me. But, folks, uh, that's going to wrap up our uh, little short segment on this Freedom Hunters Adventure for 2021, and uh, we'll be talking to you as the hunt progresses. And so there you have it, Heath and I kind of laying out the game plan and uh, discussing what we're going to do uh, for the coming week. Uh, Heath is, uh, as many listeners know, uh, he is a master trainer of police canine dogs and uh, has, I think, 13 dogs there in the New River Valley of Virginia that he's responsible for. And uh, Heath has been on several podcasts, and he's always a welcome guest, and his uh, visits are all always very highly uh, applauded by those that listen because he has a great deal of knowledge about training dogs and then how to adapt the police dog training over into the hunting world or the hunting realm. But we didn't talk about um, the uh, training aspects this week. Uh, This was a hunt um, and something that Heath is very passionate about, as are all the other guys in the group. And so uh, that's that's what we focused on. And uh, just to kind of give an overview, uh, when I go uh, on these hunts with Heath, he graciously invites me into his home and I stay with him. This year we had one of his friends from upstate New York Ben Gadwall was there uh, to hunt with us. He brought down his pack of uh, six hounds, and uh, so uh, it, the fellowship was just great. Um, uh, we had great food. <laughs> we were in bed usually each night by uh, no later than eight o'clock because five o'clock rolls around real early uh, when you're bear hunting. And you know that you've got a long day ahead of you. Our routine usually was to uh, to get out there uh, early and begin rigging the dogs up and down the mountain roads uh, looking for tracks. And uh, this is an area where bear are plentiful, uh, although the uh, size of the bears in the last two or three years have been running a little on the small side. But at any rate... Um, uh, this is uh, generally what um, uh, what we do is we get up early and uh, we stay till the last dog is recovered. Uh, thanks to the good folks at Garmin and uh, and DU Supply, I know uh, uh, the guys that I rode with and talked with are are uh, really um, uh, loyal DU Supply customers because they love the customer service they get when a piece of equipment breaks. But at any rate, um, we did uh, go out on the mountain on uh, Monday, and uh, without uh, spoiling the the soup, so to speak, I'm going to go to interview number two, uh, which was the evening of our first day. And this session is between um, Heath, of course, and uh, Jason uh, Wilworth, uh, our veteran, and myself, this was at um, Forest Red's camp there along the stream where it was kind of our gathering place. And uh, 
So uh, we'll now listen to this interview number two that has the story of day number one. Okay, we're here at Bear Camp 2021 for the Freedom Hunters Adventure uh, here with our uh, honored veteran, Jason Wilworth from Chesapeake, Virginia. Jason, how are you doing? I'm doing well, sir. How are you? Oh, I'm doing just great. We always awesome. tell that military presence there, that sir. <laughs> of course, I get that a lot because of all this gray hair I got. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, that, that's, that really stemmed back from growing up. My, If it wasn't yes, sir, no, sir, thank you, please. You know, I, that's right. You're from yeah. the south. Uh, yeah, that's right. right. Yeah. <laughs> from the swamp land. Yeah, right. that's right. Two yeah. people out of the swamp riding in my truck. Yeah, originally from Florida. So yeah, this other voice you hear here uh, over here is Heath Hyatt, and uh, of course, uh, people who follow my podcast around know that Heath very well. And we're here, honey. Jason and I are, are here as guests of Heath and all of his hunting buddies here in Southwest Virginia. In a location that will not be disclosed, <laughs> we don't want to have to get an appointment to get in and run a bear. But, uh, man, we've had a great time. This is a such a. I'm a veteran, so I understand, uh, uh, you know, how important things like this can be. But what we want to do is, uh, before we reveal the results of our hunt this morning, we've just gotten back to the camp. Uh, took taking a few pictures and i think that bear's about skinned out isn't it it's not gonna be long it looks like they're cording it up over there right <laughs> oh, now oh yeah yeah and you know uh, before when we had uh, chad mccoy chief master sergeant mccoy with us the first hunt we had kind of had to work for three days and ended up we passed on some bears but that wasn't the case today uh the first bear we got after this morning uh man it it was fun, and we uh, got it on the ground and all, all this stuff. So I want to talk about all that. But before we get into that, I want to talk to you, Jason, just a little bit about your background. You know, uh, just tell us who Jason uh, Whitworth is and, you know, kind of what you've done in, in the military okay. and so forth. Yeah, I joined the, uh, joined the Navy. I, I actually left for boot camp. Um, exactly two weeks after I graduated high school, so there wasn't much of a much of a break there. So um, I got to boot camp June 28th of uh, 1999, um, and then um, uh, in Great Lakes, Illinois, um, joined the U.S. Navy. I actually joined um, the day after I turned 18, and I didn't even tell my dad. But I got to boot camp, you know, just like everybody else gets to boot camp, have no clue what to expect, and you know, you're just you're young and you know, just nothing can prepare you for for what for what boot camp does. Boot camp, I went to uh, Pensacola, and I attended my uh, 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 my specialty training. Which um, when I first joined the Navy, I was an ABH on aircraft carriers. Um, we were pretty much the the fire department for the flight deck. So um, if there was any aircraft emergency or anything like that, then um, we would be standing by. Anytime there was even any refueling going on, or um, they were just turning the jets up for for maintenance or something like that we had to stay manned up because you know we're out in the middle of nowhere there's we can't call for backup you know so Mm -hmm. you know we have to take every precaution that we can um and so i was i was stationed on the kennedy um uss john f kennedy out of mayport florida from 99 to 2003 um from 
Um, from there, I went. Uh, I did recruiting duty down in Central Florida, um, and then once my time up for recruiting duty, um, I called my detailer, which the uh, the detailers uh, they give you your job assignments. You can you can call and you can try and negotiate, but you know it all depends on what kind of mood they're in that day. You know, <laughs> so you know I just called it and made it easy for him. I said I want to be on the first thing headed east, and um, I was able to. Um, uh, uh, <coughs> They from after recruiting duty, I was stationed on the the USS Enterprise, which was the um, the first nuclear aircraft carrier and the oldest at the time. And I did I did two deployments on the Kennedy, one after right after 9/11. We deployed um, February 14th, uh, 2002. So um, just mere months after the attack on on the country, um, and then we did a combat deployment there. And then went to recruiting duty once again, and then um, to the Enterprise, and we did two more deployments. We deployed in 2006, 2007, and I said, you know, I, I think I'd like to do a little change of pace here. And um, uh, I actually got injured, and I went to a, a, a limited duty command, and I and um, I saw some guys, um, some military police officers, um, over working, doing working with uh, uh, military working dogs. I said, you know what, you know how 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 cool would that be to come to work and play with dogs every day? So, <laughs> so, um, I submitted all my paperwork and stuff like that. And I was able to get selected to become a, a master at arms in the Navy. So from there I went to Lackland air force base and we did, um, uh, that's where dog handling school is. That's right. where, um, the air force runs at and they, they have top notch, top notch facilities there. Um, and then I ended up pl- deploying two more times after that. Um, and then in 2013, I was medically retired in uh, the end of August. So August 31st, 2000, or August 30th, 2012 was my retirement date. So that, that put me right at 13 years. I would have loved to finish the 20, but as soon as the doctor checks that non-deployable box, it's kind of like, you know, and the, the war had slowed down at that point. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of if you're non-deployable, you know, then, you know, you're, we need guys that can go, you know, was, yeah. the, was their mentality. I and, and I understand, you know, and, you know, um, so, so I went through the process and, 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 um, got honorably discharged from the, from the Navy. And now I'm in Chesapeake, Virginia. My wife, she's been in law enforcement for over 20 years. She works for the Virginia Department of Corrections. She's a, a deputy chief probation officer. So she's got a couple more years till she can retire. Um, and then we don't know what we're going to do. Um, we don't know if we're going to go back to Florida or, you know, just uh, hang out up here. Her family's in Chesapeake. So, you know, we, a lot of things still up in the air. So, well, I got you. Well, uh, you know, you, there's so many parallels here uh, and commonality here between, you know, of course, Heath, you know, you are, are very much involved with uh, police dogs, canine training, all of that, you know, and, uh, uh, I remember those dogs being on Lackland. I was in yeah. the, in the Air Force. Okay. I just did four four years, but I did my basic yeah. there at Lackland, okay. yep, yep. and then went went up to San Angelo uh, for my tech school. But uh, Heath, why don't you talk a little bit about the process of you hooking up with Anthony and and we getting to this point with uh, with Jason. Jason? Yeah, so I I had emailed Anthony and told him that hey we thought we'd like to do another hunt you know it's a it's an honor for us and anthony emailed me back and said sure you know he sent the list of names and 
um, contacted Jason, and Jason said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm about it. So I called Jason and just make sure he wanted to come, told him a little bit about what was going on, what would happen. Um, yeah, and he basically come up yesterday evening, and we got him situated, and man, did we have a good hunt today. Boy, we did. Let's, let's talk about this hunt today. Uh, you know, uh, just kind of, I guess from, I want it from uh, Jason's as, as aspect in just a minute, but first of all, just kind of lay out, uh, you know, what happened today generally, and then I want to get it from the perspective of the guy that, uh, well, I don't want to spoil it. Let's yeah. get it. So, and I, I think I said it last night when we were talking, you know, we've been training a lot of small bear, um, a lot of small bear, nothing really that that we wanted to take so we come up with a game plan about two weeks ago we found an area that we felt was going to be really good because of the food source we left that area alone we hadn't seen anybody else in there so this morning we went to that area and um the old price boys glenny and old lindale they got us a bear struck and we were in position they run it right towards us and then it turned and went off the mountain and crossed the road, and Forrest was able to get it packed up pretty quick. And by then, we knew it was on the ground. And uh, Ben, our buddy from New York, he got it, he packed up with Forrest. And then Jason and I kind of stayed in the area just to make sure that it didn't cross out again. And we stayed there and stayed there, and we got to listen to it. I mean, they were roaring, coming right at us. I mean, we heard them from eight-tenths of a mile. Oh, yeah, yeah. All the way down to five tenths of a mile. When we got there, it was just such a roar. I I put mine in, and I did literally face pack it, which that's something that we don't typically do. But I wanted to turn it from where it was coming, so it worked okay, out. Okay, wait just a minute. Tell us, tell our listeners what you mean by face packing. So, <clears throat> so face packing is when the bear is coming at you. You typically don't want to do that because it causes a cluster. The bear was coming at us, and um, like I said, I, I knew my dogs well enough that I thought we'd be okay, and they wouldn't overshoot it and run backwards, and I didn't think that it would bust it up because I only had four. So, yeah, the bear was literally a half a mile running at us up a hollow, and like I said, I packed it, and as soon as my dogs got there, it turned and went right back around the edge of the – put it right back in Forrest's lap, and um, Forrest – was able to get in there to them after several tries and said he had it they had it on the ground and before he could put the radio down he's like it just went up so we got around the mountain and got to him well i was riding with forrest uh today and uh i told him i said i'm going with you but uh until it gets too rough okay <laughs> And then I'm going to fall out, you know, because I know he was going to want to get on in there, you know. And so what I did is I came back to the vehicles and walked up the road and gained altitude. So I had a ringside seat for the whole thing. Okay, Jason, from your perspective, you know, let's, I don't know, let's take it from, uh, this is the first time you've been bear hunting with this hounds. Is, uh, I was I was talking with Heath the other day. Um, the wife and I went to Lake Lure in North Carolina because she's a, a big dirty dancing fan and she wanted to see where they did some of the filming and we were down at a, a restaurant by uh, on a lake and a bear ran right past us that's the first one i ever saw first wild bear i ever saw in my life and it was hanging out behind a restaurant 
slash marina on Lake Lure, North Carolina. And so the wife and I got away from it, and the bear got, you know, it it knew where it wanted to go, and it was going to get there. And so we just let it be. And so uh, I told him, I said, you know, I've I've seen one, ten, you know, one wild bear. I said, that's it. I've, you know, I've done a lot of deer hunting and, and waterfowl hunting and stuff like that, but I've never seen, never, never come across a bear. And so um, it was... It was pretty exciting. As we were sitting up there um, and, and, and watching, we could see him moving closer, moving closer. Then, um, you know, you could hear the dogs getting louder and getting louder and getting louder. You can tell that they were, they were hot on the trail. And um, uh, it, was, it was just a really neat, you know, really how it all came together there at the end with, with the communication and, and, um, and, and pre-planning and, and, and the the knowledge that these guys have for these woods back here is just you know phenomenal you know because they've they grew a lot of these guys grew up in these woods and they they know where a bear would like to be a bear you know where it doesn't want to be you know a likely path it would take um and so they they were hot on it and uh and they were able to uh to to round it up so you uh make the decision to get we're going to go into the tree forest has gotten there right Yes, and, for, and Forrest I, actually hollered and told us it was a good bear. Like, yeah, get a gun Because we, were, you know, we was asking because we, you know, wasn't too excited because I knew what we'd been treeing. But when he said it was a good, a good bear, we we got yeah. around through there and tried to get to him. Yeah, yeah. So okay, so you leave the truck with Heath, and you're walking toward these bear and you, uh, toward this treed bear. These dogs are getting, getting louder and louder and louder and and you it, it it was almost to the point where you could you could feel their barks in your chest you know they the the dogs are so fired up and and the the drive that these dogs have is 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 phenomenal you know they they love to work that's what they're bred to do and and nothing makes a dog happier than than letting him work and and you know to to see that is is you know there's nothing you know it it's it people that that haven't I, I really don't think that you can convey to them how neat it really is to see a working dog and its element doing what it enjoys to do um you know and and just you know all he wants in return is a head scratch and a and an attaboy you know um but and a bite of that bear yeah 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 <laughs> so how was it um and i know you and i talked about it yeah. a little bit how was it walking into that tree and seeing that bear sitting 15 foot above your head it was it was intimidating it um <laughs> you know my adrenaline um from the moment force came over the radio and said it's a good bear we need a gun up here it my adrenaline just kicked in and um it was a good it was a good little hike into the woods to where the the, the bear had had gone up um, from where we were. Um, so we made our way there pretty quick. I was pretty winded. Um, now that I'm retired, I'm a little bit more rounder than I used to be. So <laughs> was when you got into the bear, I didn't mm -hmm. go to the tree. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, explain the terrain and all. Uh, that. it was, it was, to me, it was a steep hill to them. It probably wasn't that steep. Um, you know, cause I, you know, being on the East coast of, of Virginia, you know, we don't, we, you know, the, you I love fields. the mountains. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and, um, it was, it was sitting beautiful in a tree when we first got up, um, and, and the way that it was sitting, um, uh, the only thing was that the the sun was was right behind it, and so it was silhouetting the bear really nice. Yeah. And, um, and and as soon as we got up there, um, uh, someone had said, uh, "Man, that's a big bear. That's a that's a big boy." And um, uh, you know the they they were working on getting the dogs tied up because. 
you know, and uh, uh, it was, it was, you know, mm-hmm. you can't explain it. The the adrenaline, the, sure. you know, it's 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 organized chaos, and it's uh, and it's 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 a great time. And sure. and somebody that hasn't done it, you know, even if, um, you know, you don't want, you know, you don't want to see somebody harvest a bear, at least go up and 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 see the dogs working, and you know, seeing how fired up they are at the base of that tree, and you know, it just it's 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 amazing. What about your first experience with mountain laurel? Um, it's evidently this was an easy one, but, um, <laughs> very much uh, so. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't, I, yeah, uh, maybe, maybe, you know, if, if I ever come up this way, then, you know, I'll, I'll start planning out three or four weeks and I won't eat it all. And maybe I'll lose <laughs> some weight, you know, and then have a nice steak dinner the night before. And, you know, but, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun and, you know, you just keep putting one foot in front of the other and keep going and, you know, um, you know, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, at almost 75 years old, I've gotten to the point that uh, I don't try to make all the trees. I yeah. try to kind of pace myself. Yeah. And, uh, Gosh, I, but that sounded so good from the road. Oh, Ooh. boy, did yeah. it sound good yes. where I was standing. And I shot a little video, you know, while I was up there, and, and you can hear the dogs. So, yeah, it, it was a great day. Well, what was the emotion once that bear was on the ground? And all, what were you feeling at that point? It's, it's elation, you know, to, to be able to come in and, um, um, and, and to be able to harvest a bear is, is, is a dream come true. Um, they've, uh, Heath and his buddies have put in so much work, you know, in, and training their dogs and, and, and people don't see the, the behind the scenes work, but a lot of, a lot of work goes into this and, and the guys out here, you know they're passionate about what they do, and uh, you know it's a it's a it's a good time. Well, I, I don't want to speak for Heath, but I know these guys. You know, the, number one, I, and I travel all over the country, and I'm with houndsmen all the time. And I don't know a harder hunting group. I don't know a more capable group. These guys, of course, are a lot younger than I am, and uh, they get it done. And that's as right. you saw. Uh, they're right in there. I mean, oh, yeah. once the bear's on the ground, that's when the fun's over and the work starts. That's you know? right. Oh, yeah. And we did have quite a, I say we, I did get a little yeah. bit of, of the dragging action yeah. there on the tail end. But, yeah. but you know, it was a, a long drag yeah. back to the trucks. And uh, so I, it's good to see people who have never been yeah before come and see what this sport is yeah. actually about yeah and you know there's so many people out there that think well you just turn these dogs loose they've got these uh, elect, uh gps collars and they just wait to the dog tree and then they just go waltz in there and tree the bear and that's the end of the story but not quite like that yeah. is it? the bear's gonna do what the bear's gonna wants to do yeah that's you know? for sure and, well, I can. I know I can speak for each one of these guys, and then I'll let, give the uh, mic to to Heath. But I that they are so honored that you're here, and that they're able to show you a bear and a nice bear. Yeah, I'm. We're guessing this bear maybe goes two eighty or better, right? Yeah, we didn't have the scales with us, and of course now in Virginia you don't have to check it to a checking station. But yeah, this this bear's between. 260 285 somewhere right there we i was kind of guessing around 275 and i i think it would be very close to that yeah well in your years of experience uh, heath and and i have some 
uh, I'd, I'd say you're probably dead on. on I'd, say, I'd say I'm within 10 pounds, yeah. give or take. Yeah. And this was a rangy bear, a long-bodied bear, oh, yeah, you yeah. know, for the size and all. But uh, but that bear I got from my ringside seat, he did not want to go up a tree. No. He was on the ground for a, quite a long time with those dogs. So this wasn't in Walsh in the park. Well, they the walked dog. in. We timed. We, we, watched, we looked at yeah. the clock. So they walked him from 720 and they treated at 847. So 720 to 847. So they had him they walked him yeah. for for that for an hour and 25 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to wrap this up for now and uh we'll do uh more recordings. Uh we're at the end of day 1 of of the early Virginia season. Uh day 1 of the uh Freedom Hunters adventure. Of course, we have uh, the mission was to get you under a bear. Mission accomplished. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Well, you did a great job. You got the job done, and uh, and uh, kudos to all, everybody that helped. We had a great yeah. photo session yeah. out here by Lake here at Forest Red's place, and uh, uh, it's it's just been a just a picture perfect yeah. day. Yeah, beautiful yeah. weather. You know, you couldn't ask for um, anything better. Right, and I will give a little plug for the Freedom Hunters organization, Anthony Pace, who's yes. their CEO, and uh, and all, and they do such a great job in all kinds of outdoor adventures uh, for our military. Who you know, we are so uh, thankful and grateful. Yes, for yeah, Anthony. Anthony was in contact with me, and um, flawless, you know, and yeah. so very. Uh, first-class organization in every way. Well, thank you, Jason. Thank, thank you for you. coming and uh, making this possible. He, thank you for organizing the thing and and bringing the boys and gals all together. And it was just a just well, an awesome day. It shows the you know the character of our group that you know n- none of us we like we like to run the dogs. And I think anybody in hound hunting that's the main part of it. And that's what I told him. I was like, I don't care if I ever shoot a bear. But we are so honored to be able to bring people like Jason and Chad in and give them the opportunity because um, it's it's good to give back, and we want to give back. And like I said, it shows about the guys that I hunt with and who, who we're associated with that, I mean, they're selfless. Yeah. I mean, they're over so. there skinning a the bear, yeah. quartering a bear, putting put, getting it ready for the freezer right now while we're sitting here talking. And I mean, that's, that's just the type of people that, that we're hunting with. Absolutely. And, you know, this world of podcasting that we have is amazing. We're sitting out here at Forest Red's camp here, which is a beautiful place right along the creek. It's a beautiful sunny day. We're in the outdoors. We're with our friends. It's just amazing experience. But thank you, guys. I thank you for sitting with me here for this this interview and all. And uh, we'll we'll get this on the uh, Gone to the Dogs podcast on the w supply podcast network and uh, i hope you enjoy it thank you very much so there you have jason wilworth's story of uh, the exciting hunt that we had on monday harvesting a very nice uh, prime virginia black bear uh, the bear looked to be in great health um he didn't go gently in the night. <laughs> he inflicted uh, uh, some uh, 
damage, uh, most of it superficial, I believe, nothing real critical, but a couple of dogs did have to go in and uh, and get checked over. And uh, But at any rate, um, that uh, first day got our hunt off to a great start. We were so uh, pleased that Jason was able to harvest his bear uh, the first day. Uh, this uh, bear did require quite a long drag out to the trucks and uh, when the guys got back to me I'll confess I did not go to the tree on this one uh, when they got back to me I was able to chip in and uh, and as they say you know as the lead gets uh, slack pull and so we uh, we uh, made uh, best use of the dog leads and so forth and were able to to drag this nice prime bear that um, we did not get the scale on this bear bit, uh, but by best guess estimates, everybody thought he was uh, around 275 pounds. So he was a very nice prime uh, Virginia black bear. Uh, and uh, on uh, Tuesday night, uh, we did have some fellowship once again at uh, Forest Red's uh, camp there on the creek, and uh, uh, there was pulled pork and baked beans and potato salad and macaroni salad and brownies and all kinds of things there and plenty of refreshments. So it was just a great evening there of fellowship, and Heath uh, has uh, always done a great job in organizing these uh, types of things, and and his girlfriend Chelsea does a lot of that work and preparation, and we want to thank her as well as the other ladies, uh, uh, wives of the hunters and so forth, that uh, participated in that evening. So all too soon, you know, it was... Uh, it was time to head back and uh, get in the sack so that we could get up early on Wednesday morning, our final uh, morning of the uh, of the hunt. Now uh, we're going to go to interview number three, which is a uh, kind of recap of the first half of day three. Um, so uh, if we can do this, this uh, interview or um, session was right on the creek. Um, this is in Jefferson National Forest, and so uh, we made use of a, a picnic table there and, and the remote uh, equipment that I have and sat there and had a, a, a conversation on the creek uh, on day three. Uh, you'll hear an occasional car go by and it did uh, pick up uh, some uh, pretty stiff breezes and all, and you might hear some of that in, in the sound. So it won't be perfect. It's definitely organic, but I think you'll get the gist. And in this interview, we talked to Jason about uh, really what his impression of the hunt was and, uh, you know, and, and of hunting with hounds and so forth. So I think this will be an enjoyable uh, listen. Okay, here we are on the banks of a Virginia trout stream, all sitting around a picnic table here in a mountain laurel thicket. Can't get any closer to nature than that. I'm here with Heath Hyatt and our uh, guest hunter from our Freedom Hunters uh, event, uh, Jason Wilworth. And uh, 
we've kind of put the wraps on three days of hunting here, and it hasn't been uh, too too shabby. Uh, uh, let's talk about it a little bit, Heath, and then we'll get Jason's reaction to what this whole hunt's been uh, to him. All right, so three days. We Jason and I was talking about a total of seven bear. Of course, now we haven't made it to all all the bear because you know the group's treeing bear here and there. Treed several sows and cubs. Um, yesterday, Tuesday, we one of the guys uh, actually four struck the bear trailed it down off the mountain. Wesley was actually able to put one of his dogs in with it. They trailed it on off the mountain and has actually um, got it jumped. And then Hot Rod was able to get a couple of his dogs in on it. And Jason and I just happened to be sitting in the catbird seat. Bear runs right out in the road 20 yards from us and we pack it up and they run 200 yards and tree it. Of course, uh, that was the one that you showed. So had a really good day there. So we were able to just walk a path right around to where it was treed. Uh, it was a small sow bear, very healthy. I mean, really bright black coat on her. We're glad to see that. We left her sitting, went on. Um, Glennie had a, a sow and two cubs treed over on another mountain from us. We didn't get to that tree. So that wrapped up day two. And then today, uh, kind of the same thing, um, forced actually started another track and we were able it crossed the road with well, a dog crossed the road in front of us and we were able to pack it up um spook and they took it over top of the mountain and spook had it caught down in a hollow in a water hollow and uh, ben's tanner female was able to get with him and they walked it over a couple hollows and then it turned and went down the main creek and they treat it, you know, right beside a path again, 300 yards from, from the road. So, Now tell us about, about this is the roughest place. And we got traffic going by here. I apologize for the, <coughs> for the uh, noise that you're going to hear periodically in this uh, recording. No, seriously, this was uh, one that uh, I wish my buddy Nubbin Moore had been <laughs> along for this. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was. I was able to make this tree. Yeah, so I mean, we we are in you know we're in you know Southwest Virginia, and you know we're in the chain of the Appalachian Mountains, and it's rough. I mean, it's very rough where we're at. The mountain laurel is everywhere. You know, if anybody, everybody hunts it, knows you can run into it. It'll throw you back out as fast as you hit it. And, <laughs> but we've been we've been pretty blessed. Uh, Jason and I was talking about it, you know, coming back over the mountain just a minute ago that, you know, we treed two bear in the same area. It wasn't too bad. And then yesterday we treed, you know, a bear 200 yards off off the road. So we've been very blessed and where the bears decided to tree. And most everybody can get to the tree and take pictures and whatever. But... Today was a small, another small bear. I don't know if it's a sow or not. It's sitting way up in a uh, pine tree, and of course we had no intentions of killing it anyway. So, pet the dogs up, took some pictures, you know, got everybody in a photo, and took the dogs back to the truck. And then, actually, Glennie had another bear treed down in the same country that he was in yesterday, which is a way, way from us. So we weren't able to get to that tree either. And actually, he's actually walking out as we are recording right now. Right. Yeah, we took a break in the action here and, and just happened to be in a good location here where we could record. And the weather's been good for us. It's kind of cloudy today. It looked like it might rain a little bit. But uh, I'm beginning to see some fall color 
on these trees around here, and uh, that's always beautiful in the mountains, but it's also a harbinger of uh, what's to come with the uh, snow. It'll be falling for our December season. Before I we get to Jason, now you've got a one-day youth season coming up here, don't you? Yes, I think it's October 9th and 10th. You can you can only hunt on National Forest on the, the Saturday, I think it's the 9th. And then private property, you can hunt the ninth and the 10th. So um, hopefully we'll be able to at least tree another bear. And if we can get a youth in and get a decent-sized bear, we, you know, we'd love to we love to get our youth involved. Sure. You know, I know you've been with our group, and, like, I, I mean, all of our kids hunt with us. You know, my daughter, you know, Forrester's two kids, Wesley's two kids, um, Hot Rod's two boys. I mean, we have a pile of kids that come go with us, and – you know, they, they love it. They love the interaction with each other, and, you know, all the kids love the dogs. And so hopefully Youth Day will be successful. Whether we kill one or not, we can tree one. So, but, yeah. Yeah, it was interesting this morning. I was listening to uh, Forrest's daughter, Addison, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Tell, and and uh, Ben from New York was asking her about <laughs> if she'd ever killed a bear. And, and she said, yeah, you know, and she was telling him she was about six years old, I think, yeah. when she killed a bear. And he says, well, have you ever killed a deer? And she said, lots of them. Yeah. <laughs> and she's 11. Yeah, now, she's so. a hunter. I mean, yeah, she, really. whatever her dad's doing, she's usually right <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, she was at that tree this morning. All right, well, let's talk to Jason here, man. We've uh, enjoyed the three days we've had with you, buddy. It's yeah. been really a lot of fun. and course this is what we do you know and of course heath is is good the old man lets me tag along but uh what's your general reaction for the week first of all it, has it been anything like you expected or just give me your your overall or your over okay um as far as what have i what i expected um i came in pretty open i didn't know what to expect i didn't know i've done some some deer hunting with dogs but i've never 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 been bear hunting with dogs and i didn't really know what to expect and um came in with an open mind and said hey you know let's give it a try you know don't knock it till you try it and um um to come in and to it's 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 not about oh let's go out and just you know whatever climbs a tree we're gonna we're gonna you know so it's it's to come out here and and truly see the sportsmanship of it is is really been an honor and i'm very very grateful for the opportunity to do this and to see the time and and you know the 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 energy that's put into to producing good bear dogs and ones that'll stay on the tracks and ones that'll um you know if they get nicked or something they they stay in the fight and you know they their their reward is to see that bear climb that tree and to see them accomplish their goal is something you know un- unless you're out here you can really never understand it and when you get the opportunity to see see that the dogs accomplish their mission it's something you know it's just you know it's it, there's there's nothing like it and and you know it it um to to see that it's just it's unreal and and to see the true sportsmanship of it you know that's that's a whole another you know you know that's a that's that's what it's about you know it's it's not just about oh let's go out and harvest a bear you know let's go do this look at you know they they the bear yesterday um they they could have harvested it but they said you know it's a it's a young one you know let's let's let it grow a couple years you know and it's it's to see the sportsmanship and the and the hard work and the dedication put into it is really eye-opening and and really a an amazing experience that i'm very very grateful for 
Well, all these guys have kind of grown up with the sport, you yeah. know, and uh, I think we say, you know, when the bear's uh, down, then that's when the work starts. Yeah. Of course, we yeah. got plenty of that, or you got a part of that on Monday when we got your bear out, which happens to be the nicest one we've treed this week. So you you uh, got out there and got it done early. But, uh, yeah, that's what we try to portray yeah. to the to the public out there. They have no idea what we do, and they may have heard the stories that, you know, this is just a bunch of bloodthirsty people that yeah. want to go out there and kill. And that's probably the very last thing on anybody's mind in this party that I know of. Can't tree a dead bear. <laughs> I mean, that's done. I mean, you're, yeah. you're decreasing the population, even though I know we do take, you know— several bear during december not not a lot but and we try to be choosy and picky i mean we did not kill a sow bear last year right. uh, every every bear that we took was a male five we only took seven and we treat a whole lot more than that but uh, five of those seven were on the ground fighting dogs hmm. um one of them we didn't want to take we were trying to let him go and he just he didn't want no part of it so when it, it come it around where we ended up, we you know we chose to go ahead and take him, but we we were trying to let him go. He was a 160 pound bear. Like right. It wasn't you know it wasn't something that we really wanted to do, but like I said, we we only took seven bear last year, and we treed triple that in December. And like I said, none of those were sales. So I really we talk about it as a group, and you know we want to preserve our sport, and. Without the sow bears producing young, we're not going to keep it up. All right, for sure. Well, what was the high point, do you think, if I could put you on the spot, Jason, maybe if you had to say. It was it. riding in the Chevy. <laughs> what's old, what's what? old Morgan Wallen say? Is yeah. he's in his sunburnt Chevy? Yeah. Sunburnt Silverado. Well, well, yeah. I, I should clarify here that Jason's been riding all week with Heath, and I always make a double check with AAA before I leave home if I'm going to go bear hunting with with heat to make sure the policy's all all paid up he, he knows he's he knows he's mountains he, he, uh, he knows every nook oh, yeah. and cranny yeah. hey he i wanted to ask you on the side that, that steep place we came off of just while ago is that where we skidded down last winter off winter, the north what? yeah yes that's what i told him you don't yeah. want to come off there when that ice lays in there you're yeah. gonna have chains on yeah. and we yeah. stopped and put chains on we did you remember for sure for yeah. sure well back to you jason yeah. uh kind of what was the pinnacle of this week you know to um you know a lot of people would probably say oh well you know him him harvesting his first black bear would would probably be the pinnacle but i would say yesterday um you know and um and the way he described it you know to um you know to be able to track them on the collars and see where they're going to pop out or or try and guess you never know we kind of done a play-by-play yeah (laughs) yeah and uh um to be able to go up and um and and see the bear in the tree and 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 like we've said, it was it was a younger bear, um, but they they said, you know what, we're going to wait to harvest this. You know, let's give it a couple years and 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 let it grow and let it let it help. Um, you know, so I would say that was probably the pinnacle of it yesterday. And um, you know, they. Um, I think we're going to have some rain rolling in yeah. here pretty soon. Yeah, the that wind seems to be picking well, up. I think, yeah. Jason, I think you need to maybe we need to tell the listeners that you know we had a we had a a youth with us yesterday who who had has been to 
to several trees and he's never been able to take a bear yeah and he really wanted to take that yes. that bear yeah. and it was a sow bear and like i said you know she was definitely legal and mm-hmm. we you know we talked to him we're going to get we're going to get him a bear yeah and I want to get him a very good bear because his patience yep. and him understanding that, you know, if we kill this, we're taking yeah. 10 bear away in the next several years. Yeah. And he was okay with that. Yeah. So, and I think that's what Jason's trying yeah. to explain yeah. is, you know, we, we walked off and left a legal bear. It was a sow that a youth that's been hunting with us was very excited about trying yes. to take. Yeah. And that's just to, to be able to, you know, to, to see that, that, um, you know, they're, there it's it's about the sport and and getting the dogs involved and, and stuff like that and um you know but that that was probably the pinnacle of 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 my trip was yesterday and and you know it's it it had to be heartbreaking for him you know and you know he um i'm sure he was excited you know going up just as i was you know going up to the tree and you know then they say oh well you know let's give it a couple more years and and he um and he agreed and you know that right there i think that that was probably the highlight of my trip. It really was. Well, that that's great from that perspective, Jason. That you you could see that, and and that kind of beats in down in the heart of all these guys. I mean, we you know we we talk about how uh, the sportsmanship uh, is such an important part of this group, but it is. I think that's pretty much universal yeah. with hound hunters. They're very misunderstood. Uh, but they all the groups that I know around the country uh, operate the same. Yeah. You know, I I really don't know, and I hope I don't know anybody that just uh, wants to come and and you know see how many uh, bears yeah. they can yeah. stack up. Well, it's been a great week. We have certainly enjoyed having you with us, Jason. It's been a real privilege, and we want to thank you once again for your service. Thank and you. we want to thank the Freedom Hunters Organization yes. and he for your uh, continuing to work with Anthony Pace and that organization to bring veterans here so that we can show, kind of show yeah. our sport yeah. to you yeah. and then at the same time get the uh, satisfaction of seeing you harvest a bear, yeah. something you haven't done before. So, uh, well, I'm going to wrap this up unless you guys got anything else you think we ought to add before we go. I think there's a bear tree perhaps uh, on the mountain that... Uh, I can hear the radio going off. I just can't quite <laughs> tell what they're saying. So I say we're probably going to have to jump up here and, and go. But no, I just want to say the same thing. You know, you know, Anthony's good enough to, to send us veterans. And, you know, we always want to pay it forward. And this is our way of trying to pay it forward. And we're glad, you know, last year we had Chad, it was great. Um, you know, this year we've got you. Next year, hope we have another one. So we're just honored to be able to take you and bring Absolutely. you into our world and show you a little piece of our passion. Yeah, and I'm I'm very, very grateful and appreciative of everything. Um, Anthony with Freedom Hunters, Heath with the hospitality, with, with showing me around and, and showing me the, the side of the sport that, that not a lot of people understand. And, you know, I'm very grateful and I'd like to say, um, thank you to Freedom Hunters. Thank you to Heath. Thank you to everybody in the club here um, for for allowing me to come in um, like I'm one of their own. And you know, um, you know, very very welcoming. Well, you've been an easy guy to get along <laughs> with for sure, and we've really enjoyed it. So, okay, I'm going to wrap this one up, and that we'll tie a bow on it and call it a wrap. And we're going to go to the mountain and Are we see. We going if, to the dog, Steve. We're 
going to the dog. What kind of dogs are we going to? Let's ask that question. <laughs> He's going to want me to say Walker dogs. <laughs> oh, I got a trifecta. It don't matter. Mine's all colors except yeah. pink and polka dotted. They're dogs. <laughs> going, gone to the dogs. That's the key. All right. That's a wrap. Okay, and with uh, as soon as we had finished that interview, you might uh, have heard Heath say that the radios were crackling and somebody was uh, talking about um, having another race going. So we did get in uh, on another race, and uh, it was a good one. Uh, the bear chose uh, to come into one of the very roughest areas that we hunt uh, on the uh, – uh, in this entire area that we we hunt in and uh so uh, uh the culmination of this hunt was that uh Ben Gadwall from New York uh whose dogs had figured uh uh prominently in this chase and all especially a little female named Tanner that he and uh, Heath have have uh kind of co-owned or worked together on but anyway tanner was the star of this race and uh, by all indications treed the bear so although it was in a real rough area of course you always go to the dogs when they're treat and uh, got there and it was a uh, mature mature black bear male uh, back and forth a little bit is this one uh, you want to harvest ben being being proud of the job his dogs had done on that bear, uh, decided that yes he would harvest it, and so that was accomplished. And uh, the drag back was a little easier than some of them had uh, or had been early in the week because it was virtually straight down, about 800 yards down to the road. So anyway, that bear uh, was loaded on the trucks and taken back to force uh, camp there and uh, they were in the process of skinning the bear when uh, uh, Heath uh, brought me back to town uh, so that I could get things packed up and uh, get back to my brothers who lives about two hours distant and uh, so to prepare for a trip up to Pennsylvania now I will be going um uh, on uh, the day following the recording of this podcast up to my good friend Randy Smith up in Catanning, Pennsylvania. Randy and I uh, became uh, closely acquainted after the 2016 UKC World Hunt uh, that he and his partners uh, Tom Strang and Dale Montgomery won uh, with a Treenwalker female named Lone Pine Biffy Sue. And uh, so Randy and I have become friends. Uh, Randy is the source of the cruise dog that I now hunt, my three-year-old walker dog. And so I always look forward to getting up to see uh, Randy. So I'll be heading up that way, and I'll be bringing one of those Lone Pine puppies back to uh, a fella here in Virginia that lives not very far from my brother. So uh, that's going to be kind of a quick turnaround, up one day, coon hunt, uh, one night, and uh, as far as I know, probably back the next day. While I've been out on this trip, uh, road trip, which I left Florida and drove 750 miles up to my brother's, uh, 
you know, there was a, a few events that took place and uh, in the competition coonhound world. Now, of course, the PKC Super Stakes was one of those events, and uh, I did not uh, get uh, being travel uh, traveling as I am and all. I wasn't able to get down and dig into the stats and all and see exactly who the senior, junior, and sophomore winners were. But I promise to dig that out for you uh, when I get back home from this trip and we'll uh, give a thorough rundown of the Super Stakes. And, of course, PKC will be starting their world championship uh, uh, real soon, and possibly we can get into some of that in next week's podcast. But at any rate, during the uh, time that uh, I was bear hunting, uh, we were able, you know, to listen a little bit uh actually uh, the weekend before uh listen a little bit to the play-by-plays in all of the ukc world coonhound championship held in peru indiana uh you'll notice i got a little tick in my throat here because uh, i guess it's been all those days in the mountains and so forth but at any rate uh the ukc world championship got down to two dogs in the final there were three uh one of the dogs was eliminated and i don't have the details of that or i would share them with you maybe we can get that later but a young man 36 years old from albion michigan uh, up not very far from my old stomping grounds there in west michigan named ricky bryant jr won the uh, uh, UKC uh, World Championship with a dog called Bryant's Broken Pine Lumber Joe. Now, the unique thing about this final was that Ricky Bryant had trained all three dogs that were in the final. And that's the first time in history that that's happened, as far as I know. And um, Anyway, this dog had quite a resume going into this world hunt. Uh, He was a Grand Knight champion at 15 months old. And Ricky says that he never lost a cast uh, in his effort to make Grand Knight champion. That's impressive. Uh, He he was a finalist in the Super Stakes um, and in the Spring Super Stakes, in the semis. uh, And uh, so this dog was... um, a proven competitor going into the world hunt. Now, when you climb through about 600 dogs or so that go to the zones, and then you ultimately get into the finals, uh, you know, that is an an accomplishment in itself. But (laughs) when you've actually trained all three of the dogs, um, the uh, mini female that was there, and also the outlaw dog, which was the uh, current Autumn Oaks, uh, National Grand Knight champion, Uh, you know that you've got a tough cast there, but Ricky uh, probably had a little bit of an edge having known the other dogs, but I think it's the way the cast played out. It just came down to the fact that Joe knew how to treat those raccoons. But anyway, Ricky says that his dad introduced him into coon hunting, uh, when he was, you know, about seven years old. And uh, so, you know, like a lot of us, that was, uh, uh, you know, our start was with our fathers. Uh, he said that his dad was a competition hunter, and uh, and from an early age, Ricky knew that was what he wanted to do. And he 
competed in his first competition and at just 10 years old in Bellevue, Michigan. Now, I know the Bellevue Club very well because that was my home club when I, um, you know, hunted and, and lived in Michigan. Ricky says he made the cross that Lumber Joe was out of. Uh, he bred Grand Knight Champion Bryant's Broken Pine Lumber to Bryant's and Fisher's Little Splash. Um, Ricky says he sold uh, Joe to a good hunting buddy of his, Ch- Chad Trumbull, when uh, Joe was eight weeks old, and then bought him back at six months old and started training him himself. Um he says that, you know, he likes uh, Joe, uh, uh, you know, uh, his personality is what he likes the best about Joe. He says he always tries to be your buddy at all times. And uh, he also says, though, he's a big, in his words, get-gone hunting dog uh, that he that hustles very, very hard. Uh, he doesn't have much downtime in a cast He's a good strike dog, and when he trees, he has that raccoon. And, of course, that's a winning combination always. I asked uh, Ricky a little bit about his philosophy uh, and so forth, and he says as a trainer, you know, I feel uh, that uh, it shows in, you know, the the fact that he's a hard hunter uh, and that he puts a lot of time and effort into his dogs. And he feels like that that shows his love and dedication that he has for the sport. Um, he feels proud, and I, and he really should, of the hounds and all the hours of work and all that he put into training those three dogs that all uh, three made it to the top three in the world's uh uh, UKC's World Championship. And, of course, he's always uh, wants to thank those uh, other guys that were in the cast but uh, were not as su- successful as he was, and that was uh, Gerald Keegan with the mini female and Jason Cooper with the outlaw dog. Um, <laughs> again, he says, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of... Win in the world hunt, and even more proud that he was able to compete against three dogs that he had trained. He said that had been a dream of his for a long time. And, it, it, you know, when you win an event like this, uh, the pride thing is what, you know, the sense of accomplishment is just really over the top. He said it means everything to me for all the time I've spent away from my family and try, striving to be the best uh, and and then being ultimately able to accomplish just that. And he said it made it all worth it to him for sure. Um he said, you know, I asked him about breeding Joe and what his plans going forward were for that. And he says at this point he, he'll be put in a stud pen uh, just to breed females. Apparently he's going to retire him to stud. But he does say that if the females don't come, uh, he's going to get back into competition hunting with uh but he's, uh, as coon hunters are, he's always uh, working on the next one. And he is uh, training a, a young hound now. And uh, and then Rick, in our conversation, said he'd like to say thank you to UKC for hosting such an awesome world championship hunt. 
in 2021 and to all the judges and guides, you know, along the way and the support that he's gotten from his families and friends. He said it really has been phenomenal. I know when I tried to call him, I couldn't get through to him at first. And then he, he sent me a text and says, look, I'm trying to spend a little time with my family, but I will talk to you. So anyway, we want to congratulate Ricky Bryant on uh, and his uh uh, Grand Knight champion, UKC world champion, Bryant's Broken Pine, Lumber Joe, uh, a beautiful young hound. I mean, he really is a nice-looking walker dog. And, Ricky, you got her done, son, and uh, really, really proud of you. Well, you know, uh, as Willie Nelson says, you know, on the road again, and I'm going to be out the door here in a few minutes uh, as soon as uh, I, this uh, – podcast is through and uh heading up to pennsylvania i do appreciate all the kind support that i've received after our introductory podcast with uh buddy and jason uh and uh the du family is really a great family i want to thank shannon who does the production work and uh, hopefully makes me sound good enough to go on the air and uh I want to tell you there's mystery voices there at the beginning of uh, of the podcast in our opener. And uh, get your thinking caps on. Uh, we're going to have a little contest uh, to see who you think those voices are. So uh, anyway, until next time uh, here on the uh, W Supply Hound Podcast platform, this is uh, Steve Fielder. Gone to the dogs.